The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, November 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Bob Iger is back as CEO of Disney and shares soar on the news. First, Donald Trump. Now Elon Musk invites Kanye West back on Twitter. More signs of tensions easing between the U.S. and China. And stocks drop on concern Beijing may tighten COVID restrictions. New York Governor Hochul reacts to the deadly shooting at a gay bar in Colorado Springs. Plus, Buffalo begins digging out of a historic snowstorm. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A heartbreaking loss for the Jets. The Giants and Knicks both lost a win for Kyrie Irving and the Nets. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Hey, good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 22 points this morning. Dow futures down 87. NASDAQ futures down 90. The DAX in Germany is down six-tenths of a percent. CAC in Paris down two-tenths of a percent. And the FTSE 100 is little change. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 3.82%. The yield on the two-year, 4.53%. NYMEX crude oil is down half percent, or 38 cents at $79.70 a barrel. And COMEX gold down six tenths percent, or $11.20 at 17.57.80 an ounce. Nathan. Well, Karen, we begin with a major changing of the guard at Disney. A familiar face is coming back to lead the company. We get the story from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Disney's board says Bob Chapin is out and he's being replaced by his predecessor, Robert Iger. Iger will serve as CEO for two years. His mandate is to set the strategic direction for renewed growth and to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead Disney at the completion of his term. The board did thank Chapek for his service, including navigating the company through the pandemic. Iger's position as chairman is unchanged. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. All shares at Disney are up almost 8% this morning. One other note on Disney, the Wall Street Journal reporting activist investor Nelson Peltz is opposing the return of Iger as Disney CEO. The paper says Peltz's firm, Tryon Fund Management, acquired a stake worth over $800 million in Disney this month. In other corporate news this morning, Karen, the turmoil at Twitter continues. Sources say there may be more employee layoffs coming this week. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports it is causing some concern among legislators. This talk, along with Donald Trump being reinstated, has Congressman Adam Schiff on ABC, as heard on Bloomberg, say the Twitter meltdown and Elon Musk need to be looked at. It just underscores the the erratic leadership of Twitter now under Musk, but also the security concerns uh, with security people fleeing Twitter uh, and what that means for the protection of Americans' uh, private data. As Schiff saying that it goes against everything Musk has said about setting up monitoring committees. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Ed, thank you. And a few days after reinstating former President Trump on Twitter, Elon Musk has welcomed back Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Ye had been suspended from Twitter for two weeks because of an anti-Semitic tweet. Turning to markets now, Karen, it is a shortened trading week because of Thanksgiving, and the week is kicking off with losses in Asia. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Annabelle Droolers in Hong Kong. Good morning, Annabelle. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Trading sentiment in Asia on Monday, it really took a hit from what was happening in China. So essentially over the weekend, uh, we saw the first COVID-related deaths there in months, and then that led to further concern that officials would start to back away from this possible easing of COVID zero restrictions. So as a result, we did see China shares selling off and then that really hit sentiment across the board in Asia, including in markets like Korea with the Korean won, for instance, slumping more than 1% against the dollar with this retreat back into safe havens like the greenback and treasuries. In Hong Kong, I'm Annabelle Drawlers, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Annabelle, thank you. Well, on the geopolitical front, word this morning that the defense chiefs from the U.S. and China will likely meet for their first talks in months. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Beijing suspended dialogue with Washington over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan back in August. Talk of a meeting between Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and China Defense Minister Wei Fenghe is just the latest sign ties between the U.S. and China are starting to thaw. This after Chinese President Xi Jinping's recent meetings with President Biden and Vice President Harris, during which she emphasized more communication is needed. Biden officials have repeatedly called for guardrails to prevent tensions from getting out of hand. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. And Larry Summers is speaking out about U.S.-China relations. The former Treasury Secretary is warning U.S. policymakers to focus on building the country's own economic strengths in its contest with China, rather than on attacking its adversary. We in the United States probably need to be careful about our evangelizing influence. I don't think it's really for us to tell China how they should organize their entire society. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers made the comments on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week with David Weston. Catch the program Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television, also on your favorite podcast platforms. Well, in Washington this week, Nathan, clues from the Fed are front and center again. The central bank issues minutes from its latest policy meeting just ahead of Thanksgiving. And Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice has a preview. Fed officials lifted the benchmark interest rate by another hefty 75 basis points at this month's policy session as they wage war on inflation. The minutes set for release Wednesday could spell out details of the deliberations and what lies ahead. On Wall Street, there's broad consensus the Fed will raise the benchmark rate to about 4.5% next month and then to around 5% early next year. There's also a full schedule of economic data this week, from manufacturing to new home sales and consumer sentiment, numbers that should point to lackluster economic activity. Vinny Daljud, Ice Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Vinny, thanks. And as we head into the holiday, investors are asking whether or not the bear market is over. Well, Goldman Sachs says no. In fact, the firm's strategists say the bear market will likely last through next year. Goldman predicts the S&P 500 will end next year at 4,000 points. That's just nine-tenths of a percent higher than Friday's close. Well, futures are lower this morning, Nathan. S&P futures down 21 points, Dow futures down 87, and NASDAQ futures are down 86. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 3.82%, and the yield on the two-year 4.53%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. 
you, Karen. It's 607 on Wall Street, 27 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash westbound BQE at the Williamsburg Bridge. We'll tell you about in traffic. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. We're learning more about the suspect and the deadly shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. Anderson Lee Aldrich is in police custody. Last year, police were called to his mother's address on a report of a bomb and firearms threat. The weekend shooting left at least five people dead and more than two dozen others wounded. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez says two club patrons subdued the gunman before more people could be killed. I hate to even venture a guess at how many people could have been killed or injured beyond those already killed or injured. Uh, Truly heroes, those two. Chief Vasquez says authorities are studying Aldridge's social media posts trying to learn a motive for the mass shooting. Meanwhile, New York Governor Kathy Hochul is reacting to the deadly Colorado Springs shooting. New York, this is personal. This is the home of the LGBTQ movement. We have many, many friends who are now just devastated and concerned for their own safety. Governor Hochul says New York State Police will be increasing surveillance and protection for communities at risk of hate crimes. Hochul says two men were arrested over the weekend for threatening the Jewish community in New York City. The Buffalo area is digging out from a historic snowstorm. Western New York was clobbered by lake-effect snow. This woman who lives in Buffalo says the snow is putting up a fight against every piece of equipment the city is throwing at it. The snow is so heavy and so deep that even these bulldozers are barely making a dent in the snow removal process. So we see trucks going by full of snow, but they're (laughs) they're not touching our snow yet. Areas like Orchard Park got at least 80 inches of snow. The United Nations' latest climate summit in Egypt comes to a close after a marathon weekend of negotiations. There was one major breakthrough at COP27, an agreement by the world's developed nations to provide a fund for so-called loss and damage to the poor and vulnerable nations most impacted by climate change. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 6.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Dry State Audi with John Stanshower. All right, Nathan, it's been such a surprisingly good football season in New York until yesterday. The Giants... Had been winning as underdogs, they lost as a favorite. At MetLife, Detroit's Jamal Williams scored three straight touchdowns. Lions went from down 6-3 to up 24-6. They beat the Giants 31-18. Quiet day for Saquon Barkley, only 22 rushing yards. And Daniel Jones, who hadn't been intercepted since week three, got picked off twice. Meanwhile, the three other teams in the NFC East all won. Philadelphia now 9-1. and Dallas won 40-3 at Minnesota. And the Cowboys are like the Giants, 7-3. And the two teams play... Thursday in Dallas, Washington won as well. As for the Jets, with a win at New England, they'd be in first place this late in the season for the first time since 2010. It certainly looked like they were headed to overtime until the Jets' 10th punt of the day. The snap, waste time, pressure-free punt, and it's a good one. Forcing Jones to backpedal, right side at the 16. Stabbed left, ran it right down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the left side, to the 45, beats the punter to the 35-30. Marcus Jones down the middle to the 10, in two, Touchdown! No! Touchdown! 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 Tou
Sports Radio to call it a game-winning 84-yard punt return by rookie Marcus Jones. First punt return for touchdown in the NFL this season. It came with five seconds left. Pats won 10-3. They've now beaten the Jets 14 straight times. Knicks lost to Phoenix, 116-95. They're 2-2 two two on the road trip that ends tonight at Oklahoma City. Nets back from their trip. Beat Memphis 127 to 115. Kyrie Irving returned from his suspension. Two o'clock today in Qatar. It's the U.S. versus Wales in the World Cup. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you, John. S&P futures now down 21 points. Down futures down 86. Nasdaq futures are lower by 85 points. Ten-year Treasury little changed. The yield 3.82 percent. Disney shares up 8 percent with Bob Iger coming back. We get analysis next from Gita Ranganathan. U.S. media analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are falling amid concern that China may tighten COVID curbs after a string of reported deaths with investors seeking shelter in the dollar. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 20 points this morning. Dow futures down 73. NASDAQ futures down 82. The DAX in Germany is down more than half percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 3.82 percent. Yield on the two-year, 4.52 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down half percent or 38 cents at $79.70 a barrel. COMEX gold down 7 tenths percent or $12.20 at $17.56.80 an ounce. The euro, 1.0240 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1815. And the yen, 141.77. And Bitcoin is down 1.1% at about $16,000. We continue to watch shares of Walt Disney. They're up more than 8.5% after it bought back former leader Bob Iger as chief executive. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A 22-year-old gunman opened fire with a semi-automatic rifle inside a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs killing five people and leaving 25 injured. Authorities say he was subdued by heroic patrons and arrested by police who arrived within minutes. The FBI continues to work with the Idaho State Police, combing through the town of Moscow in the quadruple homicide of four University of Idaho students stabbed to death more than a week ago. Authorities are still looking for a suspect. In the NFL, the Giants lost. The Patriots beat the Jets 10-3 on a last-second punt return. The Ravens and Commanders were also winners. In the NBA, Kyrie Irving returned to the Nets as they beat the Grizzlies 127-115. The Knicks lost. The Wizards and Warriors won. In soccer, the U.S. plays Wales in the World Cup today. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And speaking of returns, Bob Iger is coming back as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, replacing Bob Chapek. We got that word overnight, and it is sending shares of Disney soaring in the pre-market. Let's get some analysis. 
analysis now. Gita Ranganathan joins us, U.S. media analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. So I'll put the question right to you, Gita, your reaction. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Was this uh, a surprise? Uh, I mean, really kind of uh, a bolt from the blue, considering that they had just renewed uh, Bob Chapek's contract and it was going through 2025. Uh, but I guess the last earnings report, which was the fiscal 4Q earnings report, was very, very disappointing uh, across the board for investors. And I think that is what has prompted this move. How much of a change could we see from Bob Iger coming back, given that Bob Chapek was his handpicked successor? Yeah, so it's kind of been a really tumultuous period, I think, for Bob Chapek. Um, I mean, I mean, he has really kind of garnered criticism for, for so many things, right? There's been, it's not just the running of business, and there have been some unpopular business decisions, but there have been some public relations missteps, there have been political controversies, so obviously, Bob Iger is here to write that ship. But on the business front, um, I mean, I think one of the things that kind of really spooked investors was just their guidance for next year. And it was really, really very, very gloomy because we were expecting operating profits to increase by about 20%, and they kind of guided to about 9 to 10%. So obviously costs are a problem. There's the problem with the legacy TV business and then, you know, parks, and, again, growing costs in that area. So uh, Bob Iger obviously has his work cut out for him. Yeah, I was going to say, given the uh, overall economic backdrop, I mean, a lot of those uh, cost concerns are being shared not just by Disney, but across the entertainment landscape, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I would argue that in many ways Iger is the best man for the job. He has kind of guided, he has navigated the company for 15 years as CEO He's obviously been through this period of, you know, recessions. He knows exactly what to do. And in many ways, he has unfinished business here because, um, you know, this is what he started. He started this pivot to Disney+. Plus. It's kind of fitting that he comes back and kind of finishes uh, what he started. And you're absolutely right about costs. So costs, we have two major cost centers right now. One is, you know, the streaming business. And that business has already lost about $8 billion since it, you know, they first started it. And that is a major headache because, you know, they did say that they will, uh, that they do expect to uh, achieve break even in two years' time. But again, the, you know, there was some words of caution uh, given the economic cycle. And then with parks, uh, again, lots of inflationary pressures over there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, we have also gotten some word that uh, activist investors on the Disney board had opposed Iger returning. The Wall Street Journal uh, saying among those is uh, Nelson Peltz and Tryon Fund Management. Could activist investors uh, be a hurdle for Bob Iger coming back as CEO? I don't think so. I think just kind of you're looking at the share price right now. Obviously, this is a move that is welcomed by investors, that is welcomed by analysts on Wall Street. I mean, this is a leader, probably one of, arguably one of the best leaders in media. He has a stellar track record. He has navigated this company time and time again through a lot of different, you know, major upheavals. So I don't really think that the activist investor should create much of a hurdle. So in our last minute here, Gita, do you see Bob Iger as more of a, a caretaker CEO at this point? Or is there a possibility that if, uh, you know, the, the economic headwinds continue, that he could be asked to stay on even longer? 
never say never with with Bob Iger, right? Yeah, he has been tasked to be at the company for at least two years to kind of pull it uh, up, uh, you know, uh, through all of this uh, very difficult situation that they're facing right now. He has also been tasked with the job of finding a successor. Obviously, that didn't go so well last time. So who knows? But um, I, I think succession will definitely be a key issue on his agenda over the next two years. Well, at least at the moment, investors uh, like this news uh, big time. We're watching Disney shares now up nearly 9.5% in the pre-market. Gita Ranganathan, as always, great to get your perspective. Gita Ranganathan is U.S. media analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. The broader market moving lower. S&P futures are down 20 points. Dow futures down 77. NASDAQ futures are down 87 points. The 10-year Treasury, little change, yield 3.82%, and the yield on the two-year right now, 4.52%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather got a freeze warning till 10 a.m. It's going to stay chilly today, low 40s and a breeze. Sunny uh, upper 40s tomorrow, low 50s, sunshine Wednesday. Right now, 27 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. IBKR Event Trader offers a new way to trade futures. Use event contracts to trade your opinion on yes or no questions in key CME futures markets. Learn more at eventtrader.interactivebrokers.com. Up first, a big shakeup at Disney. Bob Chapek is out as CEO. And longtime company leader Bob Iger is taking over. Bloomberg's Alex Webb says Iger's goal will be supercharging the streaming service Disney+. Plus. Disney made a massive pivot over the past two years under pressure from activist investors to make themselves more like Netflix and actually invest in streaming content Disney+. Plus. And they did that. Netflix then, of course, has not had a brilliant year. So Disney has, has fallen sort of not quite as much, but almost in lockstep with that. So this is an effort to fix some of that. And Bloomberg's Alex Webb says a primary reason for Chapek's dismissal was Disney's struggling share price. Right now, Disney's shares, they're up about 9%. And the Wall Street Journal, Karen, is reporting that activist investor Nelson Peltz opposes Iger's return. His firm, Try and Fund Management, acquired a stake worth more than $800 million in Disney. Another corporate news, Nathan, more Twitter turmoil. The company's head of operations in France has quit, and more layoffs could come this week. CEO Elon Musk also welcomed former President Donald Trump and Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, back to the platform. Musk used a Twitter poll to determine Trump's reinstatement, which California Representative Adam Schiff said was irresponsible. It contradicts what Elon Musk said, that he was going to establish a council to evaluate this, and further contradicts Musk uh, and his claimed concern about bots on his own platform to subject the decision to a poll on the platform that could be easily abused. 
Representative Adam Schiff made the comments on ABC News this week, heard every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio. It's markets now, Karen. U.S. futures are falling on concern China might tighten COVID curves after a string of deaths. Investors will also digest some economic news this week when the Fed issues its latest minutes. Meanwhile, Nathan Goldman Sachs said the bear market will likely last into next year. Goldman predicts the S&P 500 will end next year at 4,000 points, just nine-tenths of a percent higher than Friday's close. And in geopolitics, defense chiefs from the U.S. and China will likely meet for their first talks in months. It could be a sign tensions are easing. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And again, futures this morning are lower with S&P futures down about 22 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 27 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash southbound New Jersey Turnpike Western Spur Exit 15E. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's happening in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Quick action is being credited for reducing the number of victims in the mass shooting at a gay bar in Colorado Springs over the weekend. The suspect, Anderson Aldrich, was tackled to the ground by people inside Club Q before police arrived. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez. I think had somebody not been there to detain him, he would have continued firing that weapon. Chief Vasquez says five were killed and dozens were hurt. Meanwhile, New York Governor Kathy Hochul is reacting to the deadly nightclub shooting. Hochul says this is personal as New York is the home of the LGBTQ movement. I've asked the state police uh, superintendent, Steve Nagrelli, who's with me here today to make sure that we have enhanced protections, that we're continuing to do our monitoring of social media sites to be able to identify threats. Hochul says here in New York City, two men were arrested over the weekend for threatening the Jewish community. The Idaho State Police continue to comb through the town of Moscow and surrounding areas, trying to gather evidence in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. Authorities are still looking for a suspect. However, State Police spokesperson Aaron Snell says the FBI is working with police. They're developing information. They're assisting uh, with the very special skills that they have. Aaron Snell with the Idaho State Police says on November 13th, the bodies of three young women and one young man were found in their off-campus house. Buffalo residents are slowly beginning to dig out from a historic snowstorm. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport has more. Highways have finally reopened and travel bans lifted, but many businesses in and around Buffalo remain closed after some areas got more than seven feet of snow. We're trying to be patient in the city, but it's hard because... We're stuck. Sarah Alzina is among many residents not going anywhere for a while. We see trucks going by full of snow, but they're not <laughs> they're not touching our snow yet. New York Governor and Buffalo native Kathy Hochul says this storm is one for the record books. When you hit 80 to 85 inches over the course of just a couple of days snow event, that is one to tell your grandkids about. Hochul is asking for a federal disaster declaration for the affected areas. Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Radio. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael.
Coming up to 636 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi with John Stashow. All right, Nathan, there's never been a finish to an NFL game like Jets-Patriots in Foxborough. There had been only two since the 1970 merger where the first touchdown of the game came in the final minute. But this game-winning touchdown was an 84-yard punt return with five seconds left. The first punt return for TD in the NFL this season. It was by Pat's rookie Marcus Jones. It gave New England a 10-3 win, their 14th win in a row over the Jets. Who's coach is Robert Sallis? It's a crappy way to lose. Feel like you're you're exchanging blows from a defensive standpoint on both sides of the ball uh, from both teams. And if somebody could just make a play and get it to overtime, they made a play in the punt, uh, in the kicking game. When asked about the performance of his offense, Sallis used an expletive. Zach Wilson, who had that three interception day against the Patriots a few weeks ago, was only nine of twenty-two. So in the AFC East, Miami and Buffalo are seven and three. The Jets and Patriots are six and four. In the NFC East, Philadelphia pulled out a one-point win to go to nine and one. Dallas won forty to three, cooling off red-hot Minnesota. So the Cowboys are seven and three. They're tied with the Giants. The two teams face off Thursday in Dallas. Worst effort of the season for the Giants. They lost at home to Detroit, thirty-one to eighteen. The Lions. Jamal Williams scored three straight touchdowns. Daniel Jones. Had a TD run and pass. He was also intercepted twice. Last night, late touchdown by Kansas City. Travis Kelsey's third of the game. The Chiefs topped the Chargers 30-27. to Knicks lost in Phoenix, 116-95. Road trip ends tonight. The Nets beat Memphis at Barclays, 127-115. Ben Simmons' best game is a net. And Kyrie Irving returned from his suspension. The U.S. takes on Wales today at the World Cup. John Stashelli, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you, John. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta watching Disney shares along with the rest of us this morning. Looks like uh, Disney investors are thinking Bob Iger still has the pixie dust, Kriti. You know, it's interesting. He's been such a veteran of, of, of the company. He's been on the board for a little while as well. So to come back after just a series of misses when it comes to Disney, remember they had this massive rise during the pandemic, uh, this idea that people were maybe not going to the theme parks and amusement parks, but that's okay because Disney had really put in a lot of money into their Disney Plus products. So it was really all about streaming and kind of subscribing um, and competing with Netflix, kind of becoming this uh, best of both worlds trade for a lot of people, essentially the recovery trade with the theme parks, resorts, cruise lines, etc., but also this kind of tech element to Disney as well with their media arm. Then you kind of had a series of misses when it comes to the subscriber numbers, as well as these COVID outbreaks that you're not just seeing in the States, but around the world as well. So it is starting to take a, a quite the toll on those shares, as well as their bottom line as well. Then comes Bob Iger, this idea that he's going to be reinstated as CEO, a major pivot from the board in charge as well. Susan Arnold, the chairman, coming out and saying uh, she's pretty excited about putting him in charge. But remember, there are still some barriers here. You have uh, Trianne, Nelson Funtz's fund management, that is actually opposing his rehiring, pushing for a board seat instead, and uh, advocating for more cost cuts, That's according, according to the Wall Street Journal. But for now, shares are really appreciating that move. Disney shares, DIS is your ticker up nine and a half percent and nathan this goes against the grain here because right. futures are down about half a percent so look at some of their peers though what does this mean for like some netflix you actually have an underperformance in its peers which tells you that not only is disney rising 
what investors are saying, this could be bad for the competitive landscape. So Netflix shares, for example, NFLX, down about nine-tenths of 1%. Roku, for example, R-O-K-U, those shares down 1.4% as well. So these are the kind of names that you really want to keep an eye on as we follow the developments of this Disney story. Yeah, but as far as the broader market goes, we're still following developments, I guess, on the China story and whether they're going to go back into lockdown. Right, and this is actually almost feuds perfectly from the Disney story because a lot of their kind of bottom line, China, has really been under pressure um, when we talk about kind of their theme parks, the resorts. Um, I, I believe they have a Disney World in like Hong Kong or something. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so you start to see Chinese stocks down as well. We love to look at our poster child here as well. Alibaba is the ticker there. B-A-B-A is the ticker, and those shares are down just about 3%. The idea here being that some COVID-related deaths, not cases, in Beijing may uh, tell them to pivot. All right. Thanks, as always. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. As I said, the uh, broader market is moving lower on China concerns. S&P futures are down 21 points. Dow futures down 79. NASDAQ futures down 91 points. But Disney shares, wow, yeah, they are still popping in the pre-market up 9% with Bob Iger making a CEO comeback. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures are lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red right now. Dow futures down 59 points. S&Bs drop 18 and NASDAQ futures decline by 81. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.83%. Gold is down 10. Oil is trading lower. And Bitcoin is off by 1%. Hong Kong fell 1.9% overnight amid concerns China may tighten COVID curbs. And European markets are also trading in the red this morning. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, Chicago Fed. And in the crypto space, FTX owes the 50 biggest creditors or unsecured creditors $3.1 billion. In other news, Disney brought back Bob Iger as CEO and fired Bob Chapek. Shares are up 9% in the pre-market. And the Fed's boss said the Fed should end its hiking cycle after 75 to 100 basis points of further tightening. Wrapping things up, Plains All-American was cut to neutral at J.P. Morgan. Comerica raised to outperform at Raymond James. And Conoco was cut to sell. Over at SopGen. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. This update brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure as a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at SCIC.com slash IMS. And we're also watching this headline crossing the Bloomberg, Merck to buy Imago Biosciences for $36 a share in cash. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Police are searching for a motive after a 22-year-old man opened fire in a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs over the weekend. Five people were killed and 25 people were injured in the shooting. Local officials say the heroic actions of a few patrons who subdued the gunmen saved lives. At least 46 people were killed and about 700 others.
others were injured in Indonesia after a 5.6 magnitude earthquake shook the western Java region today. In the NFL, the Giants lost. The Patriots beat the Jets 10-3 on a last-second punt return. The Ravens and Commanders were also winners. In the NBA, Kyrie Irving returned to the Nets as they beat the Grizzlies 127-115. The Knicks lost. The Wizards and Warriors won. In soccer, the U.S. plays Wales in the World Cup today. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 6.49 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT has joined with McKinsey and Company to establish a McKinsey Digital Capability Center specializing in biopharma manufacturing. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The southern Chinese metropolis of Zhengzhou locked down its largest district as it tries to tamp down a major COVID-19 outbreak. The outbreak is testing China's attempt to bring a more targeted approach to its zero-COVID policies while facing multiple outbreaks driven by fast-spreading Omicron variants. China is the only major country in the world still trying to curb virus transmissions through strict lockdown measures and mass testing. New court papers show Sam bankman frieds bankrupt FTX owes its 50 biggest unsecured creditors, a total of $3.1 billion. At least $100 million is owed to 20 of its creditors. And Tesla recalling more than 300,000 vehicles in the U.S. because a software glitch can make taillights go off intermittently. Tesla said in documents posted over the weekend by the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration that the glitch may affect one or both taillights on certain Model 3 and Model Y vehicles. The automaker said it is releasing an online software update that will fix the problem. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include a new special counsel running the investigations into former President Donald Trump. Former Vice President Mike Pence tells NBC's Meet the Press the Justice Department needs to tread carefully. I I don't know if it is criminal to listen to bad advice from lawyers. But some Republicans think the party may be ready to move on from the former president, including former House Speaker Paul Ryan. It's pretty clear as with Trump we lose. So I don't mean this personally. It's just it's just evidence. We lost the House in 18, we lost the presidency in 20, we lost the Senate in 20, and now in 2022, we should have and could have won the Senate. We didn't. Former Speaker Paul Ryan was on ABC's This Week. Also making news, Elon Musk reinstating former President Trump on Twitter. Bad idea, says Democrat Adam Schiff, especially after January 6th. He showed no remorse about that. Uh, He continues to lie about uh, his actions on that day. He talks about pardoning the people who attacked police officers and attacked the Capitol that day. Uh, and it contradicts what Elon Musk uh, said, that he was going to establish a council to evaluate this. Congressman Schiff was also on this week. And on Fox News Sunday, two U.S. senators came out with a warning about TikTok. Republican Tom Cotton. TikTok is one of the most massive surveillance programs ever, especially on America's young people. And Democrat Mark Warner. So if you're a parent and you got a kid on TikTok, I would be very, very concerned. 
Fox News Sunday, This Week and Meet the Press can all be heard every Sunday right here on Bloomberg Radio. And for more, we're joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Uh, let's start off uh, with what's happening now in the 2024 presidential race. Emily, is this a special counsel announcement starting to make any ripples? So I think, Nathan, what's really made, has made ripples, what's really gotten people talking, is just more about how Republicans fell so far short of what they were expecting on Election Day. They expected to take the Senate. They expected to have a clear majority in the House. Instead, we had to wait weeks for them to actually say that Republicans had won the House because their margins are so small. And that's leading more and more individuals within the Republican Party to call for a moving way for Trump. Obviously, we just heard that clip from former Speaker Paul Ryan. We heard something similar over the weekend from former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, um, who advocated that the party move away from the Trump at a speech uh, at the Republican Jewish Coalition meeting in Las Vegas. That one had a number of potential 2024 candidates, Christie included, but Ron DeSantis was also there. He didn't talk about 2024. He didn't talk about Trump, but he hinted at a potential run saying we've got a lot more to do and that he has only begun to fight. Trump, of course, also gave a speech at the event touting that the Republican Party had grown under his time as president. Um, and really at this point, though, I, I think the, the chairman for the Republican Jewish Coalition, Norm Coleman, really summed it up when he said that, you know, Trump might still be the dominant force in the Republican Party, but his group is looking at all candidates for the next two years when they're trying to figure out who to endorse. So what are we looking at in terms of a contested GOP primary? Is this going to be a wide open field or could former President Trump do like he did four years ago and uh, race ahead of the pack? I mean, at this point, the momentum does seem to be for a wide open field. You've seen DeSantis do quite well in recent polling up against Trump. And of course, remember, there are plenty of potential candidates that we could be talking about here. Uh, Kirstie Noem in South Dakota, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, the former governor, who uh, they haven't really dropped their hat into the race yet. We haven't really heard a lot from them. But certainly within the next couple months, the next year, they could really start revving up their campaigns and they could, you know, become a lot more into the spotlight. I, I always think about, you know, how it, this time, you know, for the for the 2020 election and the 2016 election, everyone was looking at, at completely different candidates than who eventually wound up uh, becoming the two nominees. So we still have, have a long way to go. Yeah, certainly do. Interesting as well to hear uh, that sort of bipartisan agreement on the Sunday shows about uh, taking a tough stance against TikTok, even as uh, we're starting to see at least the hints of a thaw between the U.S. and China after President Biden's meeting with President Xi. Yeah, well, China really does remain one of the very few areas where you see a lot of agreement between Democrats and Republicans. A lot of China hawks in both parties, a lot of them who believe that, you know, China's overstepped and that the U.S. Uh, needs to really take some measures to boost national security. Uh, but TikTok is really the one that, that we're looking at right now. Um, the Biden administration is seeking a security agreement with TikTok to ensure that only TikTok staff in the U.S. have access to sensitive data from U.S. users. Uh, 
Uh, you've heard uh, the head of TikTok talk a little bit more about this, saying that it's a pretty expensive program to put together, but they're doing so because they're worried about the concerns of American officials and about TikTok losing access to its U.S. audience. Um, at the same time, though, you have a number of uh, individuals who have shown skepticism, including one Democratic senator and one Republican senator that have issued a warning about TikTok and the security risks that it poses. You also have Senator Marco Rubio uh, and Congressman Ryan Gallagher being prepared to introduce legislation that would ban uh, TikTok in the U.S. Uh, so certainly this is something where the parties are not quite on the same page, but there is a lot of momentum into looking into this. And I think it does speak to, to larger uh, tensions between the U.S. and China, even as you are seeing that relationship thaw. As you've, you mentioned, Nathan, that Biden and Xi, um, they met the other week. They had a chat. Um, things went pretty well as far as trying to you know, remove some of the tensions. And now you're going to see the U.S. and Chinese defense chiefs meet uh, this week in Cambodia for their first talk since Beijing suspended dialogue um, over Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins keeping us off top of everything happening in the nation's capital. Want to keep you on top of what's happening with Disney shares this morning. They're up 9.2 percent with Bob Iger coming back. We'll have much more on uh, Bloomberg Surveillance. That's next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.